welcome to the Breath of Fresh Tea podcast. Okay, so um, welcome to this week's episode of the Breath of Fresh Tea podcast. Um, hi. hi, everyone. Hello. Hi. Um, I'm going to be hosting this week. Uh, my name's Ollie, and um, as ever, we have the beautiful cows. Um, Leon and Martin um, and the moral compass for everyone in, in Stonewall and the LGBTQ community, Jay. Um, how are you all doing? How are you all doing, Queens? Good. All the better for your company, especially with uh, Mother Teresa, aka Jay, as well. <laughs> um, just obviously because we don't get to see each other, sadly. Um, how, how have you been? How's your week's been? enjoy the bank holiday um i think we went on like a massive bike ride uh around london obviously social distancing but it seemed like most of london's given up social distancing mm. all, like massive groups um and when i say massive groups like bumps together like 70 80 people just drinking by the canals oh, wow so and we saw like six or seven of those and yeah i think a few people have obviously seen the press headlines and thought yeah fuck it let's just uh you know, go hell for leather and see what happens. So, mm. I think we've spent the rest of the weekend recovering from that cycle as well because we haven't left the house in two days since. So. Yeah, we did. <laughs> what was it? About forty k um, on the cycling. Uh, I wanted to see Little Venice, so we cycled from like where we live on the Isle of Dogs to over over there, um, and it was cute. It's not what I thought. I thought it'd be bigger and just a bit more like greenery, but. Um, mm. It was cute enough. It was nice. Um, but like like Cal said, we're just recovering from that. My thighs are just like dying inside. Um, get it. Get it. Get it, guys. I've done a thousand squats. <laughs> not more. Um, but yeah, we're recovering. So it's been a nice weekend. It's been super sunny. Caught the sun. Um, if you can't do anything, squat. That's what I'd say. So. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, what about you, Jay? Yeah, weekend's been all right. Um, been a bit of a lazy one. I'm still um, protesting and not going out, uh, so I've not been on any runs or anything. And I uh, actually did my back, uh, my back in on uh, Thursday. I think it was like Thursday morning. I woke up and um, yeah, I just had that massive back pain. And I've never had back pain before, and I don't know whether it was because I'm about to turn thirty or not. But <laughs> I think it's yeah. most likely because you're turning thirty. I mean, it's because you're old. Oh, but I'm going to go with Tom put it out. Just. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, some, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It probably was Tom, to be honest. Um, so you just yeah. been recovering? Yeah, just been recovering. Uh, trying to do too much more damage to it. I'm like very high on codeine at the moment, so it's um, it's going to be like, fun. It's going to be a fun and wine. Let's, let's get it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh. What a mix. What does the doctor yeah. is that a good mix? <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose it's uh, it's okay. Definitely help numb the pain, I imagine. Um, <laughs> One form of antibiotic, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Actually, just say my weekend. I was near your sort of area, Leon and Martin. We went to uh, cycled to Greenwich, but um, oh. I took us the wrong way, and we ended up going uh, down like Rotherhithe Tunnel. Is it? Uh, so, yeah, it was a bit rogue. So trying to um, trying to stay close to the river, and um, Freddie is 
not the most confident on the bike, although he is getting better. Um, and like there was, yeah, just I, I backed myself and was like, no, I think we should go this way. And we ended up in Rotherhive Tunnel, which is a little bit sketch on the bike. Mm. Um, and then we got to, we realised we're on the other side of the river and we were like, oh, we'll cycle to the Greenwich bit where you can go. Is it the, the tunnel, the oh, water yeah. tunnel? Um, and then we got there and it was closed. Yeah, um, we found out yeah. So we, yeah, we were screwed there. But, um, but I agree, it was also when we did finally get to Greenwich, um, the, the park was just like heaving. Um, and yeah, so I think people are... People have started to give up a little bit about, uh, you know, staying at home, which is a shame. And I think, well, we'll see what happens later today when when Boris um, sets out the plan. But I think that kind of needs to be nipped in the butt a little bit. But we'll see. Anyway, so on to today's chat. Um, so I thought we could talk a little bit about just things that have been going on in the news and um, a bit of a topical episode. So just chat about some yeah a few different things and and see where it takes us and um yeah one thing we all sort of sent around in our group was about um the recent news from germany that they're banning um gay conversion therapy Um, like only four under 18s which i thought was quite interesting um but still i think a massively positive step um and yeah just wondered what you what you all thought about it really yeah, like you said, I think um, just for the under 18s, um, it, it's good and it's a step in the right direction. But it just it should be for it should be banned regardless for all ages. Um, and I think some of the parties are saying 26 or 27 as an age to like reduce of some sort. But uh, yeah, it should be banned across all ages and all formats. Like you know, it's just a pointless exercise it's it's not even therapy it's not even science related it's just a bunch of bollocks and i just i hate it there was a drag queen i think a couple of seasons ago and she trying to think of her name but she went through the gay conversion therapy um and just said it was the worst experience of her life and just it's like you know you're trying to turn someone who is what they is into something that they're not and um yeah like it really affects her obviously so yeah pointless and stupid and bollocks is my review of it mm. yeah i mean i'm still surprised that it's a thing in 2020 i'm surprised that germany are pretty organized in their society like more than most countries i'd say certainly ours um but it's only under 18s i thought it'd be a blanket ban but um it's, it's a year in prison or a 30 grand or 30 grand you're fine which is mm. A good deterrent. I think it's a good start, but you could definitely put something more, something better in place to scare people off. Um, but it's kind of just tied to religion, isn't it? It's like a pseudo scientific roots. Um, it's sort of like a cultist thing as well, isn't it? There's shock therapy involved, and yeah, it's horrible to read about when you kind of dig deep into it. But mm. I like limited understanding of it. But yeah, not good. What yeah. about you, Joe? Yeah, I think it's like, uh, as the guys mentioned, I think it's depressing to kind of see that it still is legal in some countries, particularly in Western society. But it doesn't surprise me that Germany's probably got leading the way in this. And, um, a lot of like these sort of policies, once they come in, um, obviously it's just for under 18s, but that's usually a stepping stone into kind of more progressive policies anyway. Mm. Uh, I think, yeah. It's kind of points to me that like I feel like America and UK feel like we're leading the way in terms of like LGBT inclusive policies and um, communities and stuff. But like 
particularly if you look at like trans inclusive policies and, and other things like that, there's so many different, more, so many better countries uh, in Europe um, and the rest of the world that are miles ahead of us. Um, I think yeah. it's just so the fact that like gay conversion therapy isn't banned in this country at all is 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 beyond me and like it's so clearly um, like counterproductive to some of the other policies that we have. Um, so yeah, it's a great step in the right direction. Hopefully, more countries will um, follow suit. I did have a look at um, some surveys on this actually. And it was surprising that um, it was in health and social care. They did like a survey in the UK about five years ago. Um, and they said like 10% of people's uh, colleagues or staff that they surveyed, they said 10% of their colleagues said uh, they believed that homosexuality could still be cured. And then when they moved it to London and did the survey there, it was actually 22% of people's colleagues, which is probably mm-hmm. more surprising. I know it's obviously a bigger population, but you obviously think the cities are more liberal. So yeah. Clearly not. It's quite, quite interesting um, you say that, actually, because I did a uh, presentation when I was in my final year of GP training. Uh, we all had to sort of take it in turns to do a presentation to the rest of um, your sort of colleagues about things that you were interested in. And I was talking about sort of um, how uh, general practitioners sort of help the young and vulnerable um, LGBTQ community. And um, I found those stats as well. And I was like incredibly shocked to think that or some of my colleagues, you know, could have that kind of viewpoint. And I think, as you said, Jay, there's a there's a long way to go. Um, I mean, I had a look after reading the article just because I was still shocked that there isn't gay conversion therapy isn't illegal in this country. And just out of interest, I tried to look to see if I could find anywhere that did it. So I was like Googling it. And, I um, did that too. Yeah. yeah, what, um, yeah. come across? Well, so positively, I couldn't find, there was no obvious sources to be like, oh, come and have it done here. And one thing that I felt quite pleased about and sort of semi-proud about is the um the, the sort of national um governing body for psychotherapy so the people who in general would do these types of talking therapy but for, for obviously different reasons um have released a statement saying they don't endorse it it's nothing to do with them you know their their therapists who have got the qualification shouldn't be partaking in it so i thought that was really good that they put um you know such a strong stand uh, standpoint against it mm. um but there was the only thing I managed to find really was there was one website about some guy who I think used to do it, but then he clicked on it and he'd recently died. So he died like this year. Um, yeah. No shade, but meh. Um, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> I think you know it was. It, I, I found it was positive that um, it it wasn't something that was readily available or accessible to people if they wanted to look for it. Um, yeah, and that's it, the thing what I come across as well. It's like you typed in gay conversion therapy and it was more about getting rid of it as the yeah. searches. You probably had to go in a few pages deep on Google to yeah. find like a Westboro Baptist Church of the UK to do what yeah. they do. So that's what I liked about um, it at least. And interesting, there's another there's another podcast that you may, you may have listened to. It's by uh, called A Gay and a Non-Gay um and yeah. there's a, a sort of really really big podcast and and the guy from that went to meet someone who does gay conversion therapy in northern ireland and it was just interesting hearing his account of it you know from all intensive purposes it sounds like this guy could you know obviously had feelings for men when he was younger and that sort of maybe led him into this route of becoming a gay conversion therapist and mm. yeah it's just quite an interesting um 
sort of interview or um, article that was on the BBC. But I think, yeah, still a long way to go. Um, but at least it's not something that's plastered all over the internet and easily accessible for young, vulnerable people or, or anyone who really who might be, you know, considering it. Can I ask a, can I ask a question? Like, so no, on, on this uh, conversion therapy, on the course, are they saying that they... Uh, can stop you being gay in terms of fully like not finding other men attractive or is it just a, a course to kind of try and suppress those feelings i think it's difficult because it yeah well i mean I, so because it's you know it's not it's not a thing let's be honest but yeah. like um because of that like i think no one can really set out exactly like what they're, they're doing. Gonna, they're, they're trying just... to shock the gay away, is what they're yeah, trying to do. Yeah, like, so... shock the gay away. You'll make it even harder for me. It'll stay within yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think some have like shock therapy, some have talking therapy, and the aim is to for people to not be gay. That's what they say that they're trying to do, like, um, which is just insane. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that's their what they're there for. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of it is seems to be maybe tied to religious um, institutions. So, um, you know, uh, there's sort of stories of, of leaflets that get sort of put in churches, mainly directed at parents who might have children who they think may be, um, you know, part of the, you know, may not be heterosexual, basically anything that's out of the heterosexual community and, and sort of targeting them to try and try and get their children involved. Yeah, I mean, as I said, like when I was looking at, the research as well and I had a Google I didn't find any resources but um, everything pointed towards like roots and religion um, predominantly either for male or female but it seems yeah. to you seem to hear more publicity around perhaps male conversion maybe that's just me um, and there's quite a famous well infamous pastor in the US who um, has had quite a lot of airtime don't know how or why but uh, goes around preaching about you know conversion and all it's done for him and he's got a wife and kids and you can see through it it's just like you know no but isn't this the guy who came out as gay last year i'm pretty (laughs) sure he came out as gay last year and has apologized for the people he's done gay conversion yeah Um, yeah i was curious (laughs) yeah i know i mean you know that's curious and it is obviously it's it's also tragic in the sense uh, you know obviously he's done it could potentially have done a lot of harm to people but it's also quite tragic for him that you know he's been so unable to for whatever reason to accept how he truly feels that not only has he put this sort of potential negative experiences to other people who are vulnerable but he's been must have been had like horrible time himself um you know trying to battle with being comfortable with his own sexuality and yeah i think it just sort of raises wider issue of people just still need to be more accepting of the sort of lgbtq community Mm. you're right like I've never personally, well, I don't know if I've met anyone that's actually been through that process, but it's definitely something that should be called out more or publicised better. But I think mm-hmm. Stonewall the Charity, they do support for people that might have gone through that or might be experiencing that type of pressure. I don't know, like mind as well. But I mean, has that been something that you've experienced, Dolly, from your side? Has anyone come to you? I know you can't reveal details. But... Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I've seen a lot of people, particularly young people who are really struggling, um, with their mental health um in relation to their sexuality and actually sometimes i've been seeing people for mental health issues and i've had an, a, a suspicion that it may be related to their sexuality 
Um, but they haven't been willing to tell me or they haven't been initially willing to tell me because I suppose the same as I would be when I go to see a doctor or I go to see if you went to see like a therapist or something it, there's a, a sort of an issue about rapport and developing a relationship with that person um, and given time actually people have said actually I think I, I might be gay or I might be lesbian or I, I don't know how I feel about my sexuality I'm a bit confused and you know I think we've all had difficulties as, as younger when we were younger and you know like if you're a teenager it's hard enough as it is but having to deal with these sort of difficult oh, definitely, yeah. feelings. I, I, I didn't want to be gay I, I probably yeah. probably seeked out these type of things to like oh god I don't want to be gay it's the hard life for me if I'm gonna if this is yeah. like, how how do I not be gay and I, I didn't have the channels or anything I hardly really have the internet to just go on my you know parents computer and be like I don't want to be gay can't really type that in not I don't have a yeah. phone that can do that access so it's like as a 13 year old I'm like Oh, God, I don't know what that dial up internet. It takes about half an hour to. Yeah. <laughs> God bless that sound. I would mean, yeah. <laughs> say, though, I, like, I wasn't sure whether I was going to say this, although it sort of naturally falls on from what you were saying, Martin. But when I was younger, I did look it up um, mm. and I did find somewhere that would do it, but it was like hundreds of pounds. I was like, there's no way I can get away. I mean, obviously, I know like, the benefit of hindsight. I mean, it wouldn't have worked. And even on the off chance that there is a way of curing. I'm quite happy being gay. Do you know what I mean? I love the yeah, way are. things are. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 We've all touched on it, but I'm a hundred times happier being who I am. So yeah. No exactly. issues. Or... Back in the day, I just wish we had the channels. Like I wish there was a like, stonewall that was, uh, you know, out that we could, you know, somewhere in the media that would say, you know, it's okay to be gay, but back then it's like the gay conversion is probably more the, the route that you're going to try because it's not the mainstream to be gay. So, I think, yeah. So, all the charities have always been having their media campaigns. They've also, like, caused controversy, haven't they, just by saying people are gay, get over it. Like, yeah. A simple statement and people take offence to, yeah. you don't exist. And like, mm, okay, if you go on a dating app back then, you probably see someone's husband on there or, or whatever. You know, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think Stonewall Charity probably gets a lot of stick, but one of the one of the things that can't be denied is, is the fact that they've been an organisation that have brought sort of visibility and, and mainstream ideals of what it is to be LGBT into the mainstream, um, and and they've brought the concept of of sort of LGBT people being just like uh, normal everyday people. LGBT people can work in your shops, they can be doing your hair, they could be. Um, looking after your children that they're just like part of everyday life and, and LGBT people are everywhere um, but going back to I think uh, sort of lines of support so Stonewall don't actually offer support or advice themselves um, but what they do do is they have like loads of connections and links and sign postings um, so they do have like um, um, an info line um, so anybody can call the info line and, and Stonewall create it, like just passing you on to the, the appropriate organisations that might be able to help. Yeah, that's that's what we've got, EJ. The fountain of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> knowledge. That's definitely so, not true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely a dumb bitch. <laughs> yeah, on some aspects, definitely. But, uh... <laughs> Move from DB1 to DB2. Yeah, no, I, I feel you, Jay. No, I've... Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> So another thing uh, which actually I thought was quite interesting that Leon sent around in our group was about the um, how people are selling 
rainbow flags on eBay and claiming that they uh, support the NHS flags. Um, and actually, they're obviously um, just, you know, selling flags that have been used for gay pride or, or just gay or LGBTQ sort of flags, basically. Um, and it's, it's quite interesting that, you know, people are so opportunistic to like jump on these this this kind of a you know way to like mug people off basically i kind of really like it because it's just that the rainbow flag is just getting out there and yeah okay fine i know i like i mean i don't you know i don't think that um, lgbtq people own the rainbow but like i love the fact that i walk past all these windows now and just see these rainbows i'm just like yes and you know it's like it's yeah i think it's been great um yeah, I don't know. Does anyone else have any thoughts? Well, what is it? Is there an issue from either side about it? Or is it just... No, I think it's people are uneasy because there's two rainbow flags and the LGBT one is a specific design because I think each colour has a meaning. And then you've got the generic rainbow flag, which has uh, some other colours on there or another colour on there. Um, and Ollie, you can probably speak in more detail on this because obviously you're in the NHS. They also support um, LGBT rights and there's the campaign for it as well with the badges. Mm. But it's more mm. people are seeing as... Uh, potential, I don't, it's not like a massive con- controversy as far as I know, but potential erasure of the LGBT flag or people just jumping on it and then um, trying to reclaim the meaning to be something else. So you know, it might be another <laughs> redesign or another flag, I don't know. I mean, the, the one thing I loved from looking into it is finding about all these different flags that I've never seen before. So I think I sent some of them around earlier to you mm. that um, the Gay Alliance flag or the LGBT Alliance flag, which I thought looked really cool. There is the Gay, gay bear. bear flag, bear. which I love with the little bear print. I kind of want uh, it. I know. You, international yeah. bear as well. Let me yeah. flag. <laughs> and I mean... Just on a so obviously a, a simple level, I, I just think actually the design of some of these flags are really cool, and it's quite cool that people have that and and you know are sort of promoting their you know how they feel on a sort of more deeper note. I suppose it it promotes a discussion about does everyone need to have their sort of individual category and mm-hmm. and you know it, actually does it really matter? But I thought overall it was just quite interesting to see. I just like pretty colours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how they all form but like you said um people don't always fall into a category they don't have to put themselves into a category but it, at the same time it's nice that they're all out there so you have the choice mm. to get into one of them as well yeah. so um, yeah. i think just going back to the flag i think it's not no one owns that flag particularly because it's the rainbow after all but I think as long as people don't forget the meaning or you know there's i saw a lot of stuff on twitter Whereas, like, uh, I'm now LGBTQ NHS um, with the pride flags been thrown up, which I thought. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, the other flags you're talking about, like, there's asexual pride, trans pride, bisexual pride, pan pride. Um, there's the redesign of the pride flag to include people of colour as well. I think they're yeah. important because you go deep for a second, like, trans people uh, obviously get erased kind of out of culture. People that have kind of founded um, the drag scene. Uh, trans, mm-hmm. especially for black trans queens as well that were part of that whole movement um so i think it's important that those groups that are kind of marginalized a little bit and don't have as much support have some sort of visibility yeah i um as someone who like used to work for an lgbt charity literally the pride flag has given me so much pain <laughs> i like did had no idea how passionate people are about uh <laughs> The rainbow flag. 
for me, like, I, I, like similar to you, Ollie, like, I don't particularly, I just, I find pride, like, hurts my eyes more than anything else, just through the sheer rainbow. <laughs> and it's quite cute, you know, makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. But realistically, I'm, like, I'm not going to be the type of queen that's just gonna, that's going to dress up as a rainbow. Uh, <laughs> but, like, the the rainbow, flag, uh, you, you spoke about kind of the, uh, Leon, you spoke about the, um, the pride flag that was um, redone to include the black and brown stripes. Yeah. Uh, the amount of queens that kicked off about that. I know. Uh, really? What did they say? The controversy. kicked off. Yeah, go on. there was a whole argument around um, the, the reason why they added the, the black and brown stripes was mm. because a lot of people, queer people of colour, um, have felt erased from prides and they felt like their stories weren't being heard and they weren't being represented and they didn't mm. actually feel included in the pride movement. So people, I think it was in uh, Philadelphia, they first come up with this. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm probably wrong on that, but um, they created it and just to include, just to make ensure that like people of colour felt that like pride was a place for them also and so, so their voices and their stories could be heard also. And then like, yeah, pretty much like loads of white gays just got really pissed off about it and oh, saying that oh, pride's already inclusive without actually understanding or listening to, mm. to people of colour voices or anything. And like, even just like the normal pride flag, like people get really, really, really like uh, upset if it's not the right greens or if it, mm. it, it, the right shades of the colours or if like one colour's missing. Um, people like, it really means a lot to people and I understand why. Like obviously a lot of people, for a lot of people it's a symbol of like hope and it represents a space and um, represents like uh, them being able to be themselves and, um, and feeling safe and, and sense of belonging. But um, for me, it's never had that meaning because obviously I've, I've grown up and my experiences don't necessarily reflect that. But it, people do genuinely feel get really, really passionate about it. And partly I understand and partly I don't understand, particularly when it comes to like the rebranding of it to include the black and brown stripe and people get impressed about it. I'm just a bit like, mm. it's the grand scheme of things. Yeah. I would say actually, I was quite pleased with myself. I did a bit of research on this before doing this episode. And Jay, you are correct. It was first introduced in the city of Philadelphia. Yeah, oh, boom. Yeah. Get it very, very good knowledge in 2017. <laughs> I, I also, I also thought I would look, well, try and learn what their actual meanings for each color are. So with all, do, does anyone know, can you throw out some words for what the colours are? You know what? Life? I did actually look this same thing up as well, but now okay. I'm stronger to remember it. So. I do not. Does one does one represent lesbians? One represent gays? No. So they're kind of more. Uh, they're all like nice sort of meanings and words. So including now the 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 black colour, the brown colour. So it goes down. Uh, I'll go through each one. So black is diversity brown inclusivity red is life orange is healing yellow sunlight green nature blue harmony and purple spirit well that's pretty gay uh, so you can yeah. see why they are <laughs> they have kind of colors but, to those meanings i love it that's cute give yeah, it sunlight yeah. but again like when you're adding something to celebrate diversity to include people why are people getting so mad over it it's just yeah Oh, Jay, having to go through that pain of a flag. As Jay said, like, I the same thing um, online as well. People just getting absolutely mental, like, oh, it's really diverse enough. But then you kind of look back not that long ago. And I think Pose touches on it. You see that the scene used to be segregated by colour, and it's not yeah. 25 years ago, 30 years ago. Mm. So there is a need for that. That's why there's yeah. the ballroom scene, is, or there's the uh, POC nights as well that 
you know, they wouldn't exist if there wasn't that need to. Well, you're all gagging, so. Yeah. Yeah, oh, those those ballrooms. I wanted to so get my chalkboard on, get my kiki, tai tai. Yeah. If you were going to stretches, Jay, you know that bad. You doing a duck walk in his But honestly, on on the flag thing, like obviously, uh, Rainbow Laces, uh, incredible campaign. Uh, we used to get loads of people complaining that the, the rainbow laces didn't act, wasn't actually entirely accurate of the rainbow flag. Oh, and instead of, yeah, and it gets to the point where just like instead of like just celebrating what a campaign means or what yeah. the, the symbolism of rainbow laces and the impact of it is, people just like choose to kind of uh, nitpick on 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 like the smallest things, which I guess to them probably isn't a small thing. But yeah, I mean, it's good that people are passionate about it but i suppose keep it in context you know those those minor things aren't aren't really what it's about is it um okay so um another thing i thought we could chat about um is just about dating and i know this is like a really big topic uh, and you know there's plenty of i'm sure it could take multiple episodes but i think you know obviously all of us are in um, relationships and uh, I can't imagine how difficult it must be for people who would be dating now or single now and wanting to date in lockdown. And one thing it sort of made me, uh, well, one thing that sort of brought it to my attention was I saw, I mean, it's pretty old school. I don't know if anyone, I don't even know if gay people or um, LGBT people use it, but I saw an advert for eHarmony on TV. E-harmony. Uh, ah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. But like, and they have got like, um, this kind of like video date thing on their app so or their website whatever so it's basically like imagine just like a skype date but you do it through the app and it just made me think how much obviously it must have changed um you know the the way that people are trying to date now and then i also just thought it'd be interesting to chat about our experiences you know that we've had through dating um whether it's been through apps or even more old school like websites and yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Um, I think back in the day was the only one that really existed, or that was the most popular was Gaydar, um, and that was online only. So get it, Gaydar. <laughs> Did they not have an app too? No. Did they not have an app? Or no, like, no. Uh, this is like again, desktop. going going way back into like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, <laughs> and um, it had a particular sound. You know, like everyone knows the the grinder yeah, sound. I can't think of yeah. what that sound is. It was like a, a oh God, it's like a buzzer or something like that. And um, if you got a message or whatever, but um, I think without just giving you a high level view, but the problems that people have in terms of like ghosting or faceless profiles, minimal detail, blocking for no reason, were definitely yeah. like around then from like people's experiences. But at the same time, you know, like made some friends on there which uh, i know a couple of them still today didn't go on dates but like you know there was still the opportunity to become friends but i used i used one that um uh, well it was where i found leon on lads lads but um there was a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know you know lads lads <laughs> lads um <laughs> be gay 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 right? it should have been <laughs> but anyway there was um a group for like people that didn't really have a you know a you know, gay friendship circle. And so I met up with these gays in, um, uh, I can't think of the place in Birmingham, but there was about 10 gays that all met up and just had a chat and a, uh, 
you know, a drink. And then obviously people went home with each other. So it was kind of a friendship thing, but also kind of a hookup thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really nice and well done. So it was a quite nice, safe thing that happened from a gay website yeah. such as that. So um, yeah, it was nice. I'm just going to say the chat rooms that they had in Gaydar back in the day were so fucking dodgy. It was, um, there's no, not, no, dodgy dodgy as in X rated dodgy or dodgy as in like, well, I I swear there was like different categories for like, you could have 18 to 20 year olds, you could have black guys or you could have, um, you know, daddies, you know, there was so many subcategories of groups that it was all like, this is dodgy. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, there was X-rated. I think you could just throw a dick pic in, unsolicited. So, Catfishing um, has been around for a long time. I mean, personally, I didn't really experience too much. I mean, initially, overall, I did experience a few things of the question of where are you from, but where are you really from? That kind of thing. Oh, um, that's horrible. And then uh, it was kind of like a proving ground as well. There was like also some nice people in there. But I think compared to, and I've been fortunate enough not to like date in the modern you know, modern dating these days, um, people are probably more likely to try and get to know you a bit more back then. Um, you'd have like more of a chat, you'd build up and find out what each other likes. Um, there wasn't that kind of flakiness from like, especially when my mates chat to me about dates or guys have been seeing for a while and they're like, oh yeah, it's just ghosting me for no reason. Like, whereas back then, you, I think people were more inclined to build up a, a relationship and, you know, get to know each other more rather than just disappearing off the face of the earth. That block yeah. button, you know, seems to be rife these days for some single people out there. What about you, Jay? Do you have you been in? How long have you been in a relationship with Tom for? Uh, me and Tom have been together uh, just over three years. We met on uh, Queen's Queen. Queen's Queen. Oh, <laughs> I never heard of Queen's <laughs> Queen. <laughs> no, I'm joking. We didn't really. We, uh, we met- <laughs> <laughs> no. We- <laughs> We met for a mate uh, who I played football with and uh, worked at Stonewall with Tom at the time. Um, but funny enough, I met my—I did meet my first boyfriend um, on Lads Lads. So that was quite fruitful for me, to be honest. Literally, um, yeah. I, used to be pro- I was prolific on those online dating apps. <laughs> <laughs> um, did, you ever, did you ever use apps or just websites? Uh, at the time, it was just, just websites. But like... Um, I have been, yeah, yeah, I've been on like prolific on like grinder and stuff. There was like a period where I was just, like constantly like downloading. I used to go through periods of like downloading and deleting grinder and downloading. Yeah. Um, I think it's actually quite. I don't know. For me, anyway, I find it quite dangerous. Not in the sense of like, like harmful or anything, but like I think for me mentally, um, I just think it's so much for me anyway. Just personally, I think it's so much better to just meet people like naturally, like when when we're mm. out and stuff. Um, I feel like I've just got like a mental block of like online dating or like uh, app dating where I don't know it takes me a lot to like kind of build up the confidence to be able to actually meet someone off there and as well like the, the kind of space that it occupies in like but it's a little bit better now because I think like uh, they're trying to like cut like clamp down on it but like routinely seeing no no blacks no um, yeah. Asians, no like it's just yeah no femmes no fats that kind exactly. of exactly yeah. yeah yeah and it's just like um I don't know, for me, it was always difficult to try and find genuine people who were, like, like actually, actually genuine and weren't, like, fetishizing you or weren't, like, um, trying to, like, tick something off the bucket list. So, I don't know, I never, like, treated it like that seriously. I was never like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually genuinely spending loads of time on Grindr to actually find the one. 
Um, yeah. It was always a bit of like a reason to like buy time, um, and it's definitely I think a, a great, a great, a great tool to to, buy, uh, to kill time for me anyway. They're kind of addictive, though, aren't they? Like negatively for people's mental health. I think that's what you're saying as well, right? Yeah, I think they can be like particularly like like apps now where you like sort of swipe and you scroll and then it's just like a. It, 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 I think it's like it kind of takes away the human element of it. It's like. Yeah. You're just like swiping and, and tapping, and um, I don't know. You could kind of get into like a routine of just like swiping, 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 and you don't necessarily know what you're looking for, or neither can you tell what you're looking for in those like half a second moments where you you're able to judge someone uh, based on what they've written on their profile. Um, so I don't know, yeah, for me, that's that's just for me personally. Anyway, I, I've never been able to kind of treat those apps or take those apps seriously. Um, but then again, I've been in a lucky position where I've, I've pretty much, like on and off, been in a, like long-term relationships for, for for quite some time. Yeah, there's. I don't. I mean, they had filters back in the day. I say back in the day, it wasn't that long ago. But um, I think now you can a lot of apps that you filter by race and you know certain subcategories and things like that, which is kind of negative. Whereas, as you said, you go out and meet people. You might meet someone that you know you won't find through your filter. And you might actually find that you got like a deep connection and you get on really well with them. Whereas, you know, people like, oh, I only date, um, you know, black guys or white guys and or I don't find Asians attractive, which, you know, is kind of all too common on our scene or things like yeah. that. It's just mad. And you're like, you can't typecast an entire race based on some limited understanding or experience of that. And even if you do feel that way, like even if you are like, oh, yeah, I only date black guys. Like you don't have to like scream it. You don't have to have it on your profile. You don't have to like cast no. it because that's then like creating a really like random, weird environment. Like, I don't want to know like if you only date black guys. I don't want to know like if you don't touch black guys at all. Really, there's been so many examples where I've like been speaking to someone um, and they've been like, "Oh yeah, you're cute, but uh, I'm not into black guys." What? It's like, but I'm cute. Am I cute? Or am I not cute? Like, what's my like? Yeah. You're attractive or you're not attractive, right? And I think like. Then they go, oh, yeah, it's just a preference. Yeah, sure, hun. I mean, yeah, I, I feel you on that because I've had like some experiences like way back and it's just like, what the fuck? Like, how can you try and put someone in a, a box like that? Or I get what you say. Some people might prefer a particular race, but yeah, you don't need to go screaming at saying yeah, whites only or sorry, I don't talk to X, Y or Z. Like, that's no one gets anything positive out of that. I've had... I, I was like a bit of an app slut, I would say. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think probably the time when I was like starting to become most comfortable with myself and like wanting to like you know meet other people was was when apps were really like popping up. So mm. you went through the whole sort of grinder phase. Um, Did you and, hear of an app? It's a dirty, slutty, slutty app called Squirt. Squirt. Wait, I don't know. I never Never. No. Org, so it's a charitable organization. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, it was a filthy, filthy. I don't think it was, to be honest. <laughs> really? Okay, I've never heard of Squirt. What, yeah. what, what was, do you know they all have their sort of premise? Like, what was Squirt's unique yeah. selling point? I think it was just a hook up. I think is what uh, slutty as fuck was it? It's unique right. selling yeah. point. Yeah, slogan, slutty as fuck, get your filled. Yeah, um, love it. And it wasn't a dating app, it was purely dick. Dick, dick, dick. That's whole, that's whole, it. There's whole, nothing whole. else but yeah. <laughs> so that was the filthiest one I probably went on, and they had some. Oh, okay, I, 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 I think makes 
yeah, it makes me think I might have heard of it, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I definitely, I mean, I, I, I use Grinder, and I think actually, to be fair, Grinder gets a bit of a bad rep because I think, you know, it is there for mainly people use it for hookups, but actually, I've got um, a really good friend who is now engaged and met his um, fiance uh, on Grinder, um, and they literally chatted went on a few dates uh and they've been together for like five years um and that, so there are it was a, it was i think you know initially set up as a platform for people to to meet each other and um so i do think it gets a bit of a bad rep i just but think the logo looks a bit sinister to be honest it looks a bit <laughs> yeah i think the whole setup of it does it comes across as a little bit hedonistic doesn't it yeah, like, it really does. i think that's silly, and i think that's a really good point because i feel like sometimes people do get into a bit of a rut of just being like if they're not into hookups, or it's a bit like, oh yeah, grind is just like this horrible place where people just shag, and yeah. it's a bit like, so what? Yeah, like, what, what's wrong with that? Like, it doesn't, uh, yeah. it's not for you. It doesn't have to be like this yeah. demonized kind of platform. Like, I think, yeah, the same people that say that, a lot of them would also be like, I'm horny. Posters a tagline or something like that. <laughs> you know, the day after, like, grind is a shit place. But yeah, there's loads of success stories off of it just like any other rap really so i think it's just how you really want to use it there are like a lot of dickheads out there yeah um, but i think it's also like the way that sort of culture has shifted you know like back in the day people might have just gone to a bar and acted in a way where they're looking for a hookup whereas people that app or other apps in the similar ilk have provided a platform where people don't necessarily need to go out to meet people who are also looking for a similar thing so i think for some people who just want to have a hookup, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it. Um, you know, it's just a platform for them to meet each other. Um, and I think particularly in the sort of LGBTQ community, people have been driven to have different ways of meeting each other that doesn't necessarily involve being out in in society. So, you know, I, I think, I do think Grindr gets a bit of a bad rep. I mean, I'm, I'm not on Grindr, I'll just clarify that and I don't have any sort of like... <laughs> Oh, hey, Freddie, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm actually quite often like one of those people who's just a bit of a pussy. I'd always be like, well, okay, I'll maybe chat to this person. They'd be like, do you want to meet? I'd be like, ah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, I, I wouldn't say I like used it a lot, but, you know, then there's, I, you know, I mean, I met um, Freddie using Chappie, which I think is set up by one of the people from Made in Chelsea or something randomly. But yeah, I mean, I, I was quite an advocate for apps, to be honest. But I do think, going back to what you said, Jay, that I used to find it really weird when you get, I would get into the mindset where I'd just be like swiping for like, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour. And I'm, like, I'm actually just quickly glancing at a photo of someone and in my head, I'm like, nope. And you're just like swiping away an entire person. Do you know what I mean? It's so weird. It sort of plays yeah. into the whole sort of like waste mentality that we have as humans in general with things like, you know, buying new stuff all the time, getting rid of stuff and just, you know, it was just, I, after a while, I, I felt like a bit just weird about it. I was like, yeah, I didn't really like it. Yeah, I don't think that's like a health, I don't think that puts people in the healthy position to be able to then make useful connections with others. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, it's like, do you think it's a throwaway culture? Everyone thinks there's yeah. something around the corner. There's yeah, always, exactly. yeah, there's always a better option. Like, yeah. from my, from mates and in our own circle, you hear, people have been going out someone for months and they're like oh yeah it's not working out and then they're dating someone else like two days later or whatever yeah yeah how do you form a connection through that if you think if you always think there's going to be something better mm. 
you, you said something, Ollie, which like, uh, and I'm not proud of this, by the way, but here's my thing. So I used to like uh, be on Grindr <laughs> and I used to like always download it. Actually, first of all, like I used to always see on people's profiles, no time wasters, no time wasters. I used to be like, yeah. what is a time waste? I don't understand. What, is, what actually is a time waster? But then I used to, yeah, similar to what you said, like, I used to always like download it like classically uh, on a Saturday morning just after a night out. Um, and I used to like just chat to these guys and like just like be on the verge of like about yeah. to meet like seven different guys. And then <laughs> yeah, I think I'm guilty of that too. And then, and then I'll look after myself and then I'd try to talk to them again. And then I realized that, oh shit, that sort of time waster is somebody yeah. who's just like chatting away and chatting away and chatting away. You tease. <laughs> that was half the fun of the old app, wasn't it? Just, like, have a chat, maybe get a dick pic. Um, and be like, mm, I can't be asked to meet up, delete right oh, yeah. so, <laughs> <laughs> you now. I mean, I've never really been on that much, but yeah, I think that and um, Gaydar and things like that back in the day, I've definitely done the same thing. Like, you just wanted to get a pic out of it of a certain kind. Yeah. <laughs> just to fill your boots. Or whole big teasers on. Or fill your hole in some occasions. Yeah. Maybe both if you're into that kind of thing. You know? <laughs> Get it both. <laughs> but yeah, Jay, you ghost. So ghosting people. Yeah. No, no, to be fair though, I used to like make endless, endless, I reckon there's like at least 10 people on Grindr. Like if I was to like re-download re Grindr now, it's like 10 people on Grindr who I've been like speaking to like for years and it's just like a Grindr relationship. Yeah. Um, and I used to do that online as well. Like I was back when I was like 18, 19, I used to have like these like pen pals who lived in like arsehole of nowhere and just like <laughs> chat, just chat breathe because <laughs> I don't know anyone else who was gay. <laughs> you know, like you can still get you can still make friends off there at a purely non-sexual basis as well. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, back in the day as well, I've got a friend I still speak to. It's like a good friend now. So it's not all doom and gloom, you know? Okay. So the next thing I thought we could talk about um, is just on, you know, following on from dating is, does anyone, well, have any funny stories, any embarrassing stories? Uh, any particular dates that went well, like any first dates? Just basically looking for some dating tea, to be honest. Um, well, I, I'm not going to go first, but for the people that don't know, we do a video chat, and um, you know, I can see that Martin might have something to say. <laughs> I, I, have, I, have a, I have a story or two. Um, What's the tea, Martin? <laughs> okay. Um, well, I. I this is my personal story um, before Leon, um, and it was after like um, like a breakup. So I was like on a reboundy type thing, um, but I was seeing this guy, and it was about date three that he's like, "Can we go to a really nice restaurant in um, in Warwickshire?" We'll say, um, and I was just, I was driving over there, and I was like, "I'm not feeling this," but I'm like, "I'm gonna go. I'll keep going." And then I drove there and I could see him in the restaurant sat down already. And I was like, I can't, I just, I can't do this. So I did, I didn't go in um, and I left him there. Um, oh, and I just, I was in the car watching him, texting him and saying, I'm so sorry, but I just can't do this. And uh, I hope everything goes well for you in your life, but I just can't do this. Um, because I know he wanted to go the next step and things. And I just didn't. So I said, I've got to cut it now, otherwise it will just, you know, get worse. 
So I felt really bad and he, he was angry and then he was understandable and then he was angry again and then we never spoke. Um, but yeah, probably moral of the story is just, just be, um, just hopefully find out as soon as you can if it's not working for you. So it's not as hard as that when it gets to that point. So I felt bad, but I was like, I, I just can't do it. And it would have been a mistake to go in. Mm. And yeah, that was yeah. one of my personal stories. At least you gave him some sort of closure because some people yeah. just disappear off the face of the earth. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I, I, I gave him something. Maybe not, you know, but it's some <laughs> Not the thing he was hoping for, but you gave him something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jay. Oh, <girl>. <laughs> <laughs> restaurant was like so fancy as well. I was like, God, I could get the free food. But I won't. I'll be that guy, I believe. You're one with morals. And that's <laughs> something to be respected. Thank you very much. I've got more of an X-rated story, actually. Yay. Um, oh, let me pull up my chair. Yeah. <laughs> get a popcorn. I said, <laughs> maybe I'm building up too much, but um, kind of like when on a me date, uh, a couple of dates with this guy, uh, again, this is 10 years ago, um, obviously wasn't out at the time. And we, you know, had gone for a drink and stuff, come back to mine, house share, smuggled him in past my housemates who were unsuspecting. Not that they ever cared, but I was, it was like a Mission Impossible star thing. Yeah. I was like, wait here for a moment, just make sure the doors are shut and fucking like drag him upstairs. Do you like zip lining through the window or something? Basically, it's <laughs> like that. And then like carefully shutting the door, then like locking it and shit. And, um, you know, I was kind of going to get down to it and um, we're just kissing and, uh, you know, some clothes were off but not fully naked and then there's a massive wet patch, not mine, on him <laughs> just from kissing and he's obviously uh, blown already. Uh, already? Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, um, you know. That tongue, that tongue game must be lit, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, right. You know, these things happen. Like people have been in those situations before. Um, they kind of, kind of like made excuses and left. I was like, okay, maybe that's into that. And then we're like, okay, we went on another date about a couple of weeks later. And it was also a bit like timid and shy and kind of like apologising. And it's like, you know, I was just excited that won't happen again. Drinks and stuff. Go back to mine again. Um, we had barely started kissing, and the same thing had happened. Um, and it's just like it's just like a thing. And he basically just kind of like made excuses and left and didn't see him again. And he just sent me a message saying, I'm really sorry, blah, blah, blah. And then blocked oh. me. <laughs> so I was just like, well, yeah, and you actually passing over, just <laughs> blow their load left, right, and center. Um, yeah, just nothing fun happened for me at least. So <laughs> obviously as we mentioned before we do this as a video chat but Jay's face when <laughs> Leon said that he shot his load was priceless. <laughs> Properly uh, What about you Jay? You got any good? Um, to be honest not really. I'm, I'm going to sound like such a knob when I say this but I've genuinely never had any bad dates, but that's purely because I've not had that many dates. I reckon I've probably had like five, five or six dates in my whole life. And that's including, so I used to, well, I did use, this used to happen all the time actually, but I used to get into dates without realizing they were dates. <laughs> so I went through like a period of like just ending up uh, at dinner or like having a drink with what I thought was like just a friendly like catch up or chinwag or or like <laughs> chill and it then like at the end of it like uh, the other person would end up kissing me and I'd be like oh yeah, yeah. shit this is a date mm -hmm. okay. that's happened a few times um, 
but no, I've never really had like any any nightmare. Days. I used to be like shit scared of like first dates and stuff. So I, I probably... no, I get that. I think I was there. Yeah, the same as well. I'm, I'm just so scared of like getting like catfished or like just turning up and just not like the person who I've been speaking to like hasn't been the person who's turned up. Yeah. That frank out proper. That has actually happened to me once. Uh, yeah. Um, I I mean, like it was, it, I mean, it wasn't like, I wasn't, ex- not that this sounds shady, I wasn't expecting much from the day. It was just like, oh yeah, we'll meet for a drink. And I was sat in Soho uh, outside um, in this bar and then this guy just came and sat opposite me and I was like, hey, and I was like, hi. Um, and then he was like, oh, hey, honey, it's me. And I was like, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. And he's like, we're here for the, the date. And I was like, so confused. And they started talking about what we've been talking about. And it took me, honestly, about, I'd say at least five minutes to be like, fucking hell, it's like he's actually the person I've been speaking to, but has been using a different photo the entire time. Oh, wow. person, yeah. How? Yeah. But that thing, I was so shocked that I just, I, like, it was, it literally almost like blew my mind. I was like, I can't believe this is actually a thing. Oh, my God. Um, and that's the only time ever on a date where normally I always had this kind of etiquette that you would have two drinks because one person would buy one and even if it was going bad, you'd be like, well, but the other person would buy one and then, and then we'll leave it. And after the first one, I think I bought the first drink and then the second one, he was like, oh, I'll get a drink. I was just like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we, have to, we have to leave it. Um, but I didn't call him out on it. I think I was a bit scared. I was like, if you, if you were willing to do that, then... Did you message him after the date saying what? Yeah, yeah, after after he was like, Do you want to meet up again? I was like, No. And he was like, Why? And I was like, I'm really sorry, but you're you're not the person in your photos. And then he just went quiet. And I was like, Do you know what? He's probably got his own issues. I'm not there's no need to bring this on further. But you're such a nice guy. I would have Can you handle that well, I think. The way he tried to finesse it, like the audacity to just turn up and not be like No. The elephant in the room, which is the fact that <laughs> that's what made it even more confusing in my head. So, what I had to do was he was like, Oh, you know, I'm just gonna go to the toilet. Swing. I had to pull out my phone and just double check that I wasn't completely tripping out and that actually it was the person I was speaking to. And I was like, It's definitely not him. Like, I didn't look anything like him. Well, I, uh, yeah. I think a lot of people do that because they're scared of or don't like confrontation. So it's kind of like a fight or flight response, isn't it? But I think hopefully with age and maturity, people would, uh, if they were in that situation again, um, thankfully none of us are, but, you know, you just say, nah, it's not for me. But I get what you're saying, Ollie, because sometimes when you, you face with someone that doesn't look like that person, you'd be like, mm, well, what's this person tend to be capable of? Because they've been dishonest. So Yeah, I just, yeah, I just felt, you know what, just get out of this situation safely. And then after it, I was like, there's no... There's no reason for me to to drag this on or to to go d- deeper into it. Person's obviously got their own issues. I don't really need to, you know, to to lay into them. So I just thought we'll leave it at that. Um, yeah. But I do also have another two. I mean, I've been on some quite bad dates, to be honest. <laughs> one is my fault, and one, I mean, both are my fault actually. But the the second one, it well, anyway, you'll see. So. I went on the first date to uh, Pete's Pilgrims and um, I actually thought this guy was quite hot, um, but um, we were sat opposite each other and he was talking, I, I put some chili oil on my pizza and he was like, no, I hate chili oil. I was like, fine. But then I had like a few beers and accidentally knocked the bottle of chili oil over and it just spilled all over his pizza, like Ooh. properly coated it. And then he was just like, he like kicked off. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe you've done that, blah, blah, blah. Like, 
I can't eat this now. And then I was like, oh, it's okay. Like maybe I'll eat it. And in my head, I was like, actually, I really hope he doesn't think that's a sensible option. I was like, <laughs> sweating. It was like drenched in chili oil. And then I was like, he was like, no, no. Um, so I said, fine, we'll order another one. Um, so I called the waiter over and, and he was about to say it. And he was like, no, I think you should say it. So I had to explain to the waiter that obviously I'd knocked this bottle of chili oil over his pizza and he wanted another one. We were also sat, Pete's bedroom was like quite small. So there was like two couples either side of us, but really close to the table. Um, and he just wouldn't let it go. So after he got his new pizza, he just kept going on about how clumsy I was and how he couldn't believe that I'd spilled chili oil over it and it had really ruined his first pizza. And I was like, yeah, like, but you've got a new one and like, maybe let's talk about something else. And like, he just literally, it was weird. He wouldn't let it drop. And so where, like the people sat opposite me and the two couples, because um, they were so close, I kept glancing their eyes and they were going like, what the fuck? Like muttering it under my breath, like looking at me, like doing the like cut sign as in like, you need to get this guy go. And it was literally the most uncomfortable experience I've had. Like I was trying to inhale this pizza. Like I've never eaten pizza so fast because I just wanted the, the evening to end. And then at the end of the night, he was just like, oh, I had a really good time. Like maybe we should do this again. You know, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> I, um, Not the personality traits you want in a... No. <laughs> um, and then the other one I had, which was, uh, my definitely my fault is uh, I, I was supposed to be meeting someone in a bank after work for drinks and uh, I was going to cycle home and um, quickly get changed and then go meet him and I cycle I live um, in South London and work in Hackney so I cycled from Hackney home and realised I'd left my phone at work but it was a Friday so I was like fuck like I need to get back and get it and I didn't have this guy's like number no way of contacting him so I cycled back to work and there was just the cleaners there in the GP practice and they were like, oh, your boss has taken your phone. And he said, oh, if you turn up to tell me, go to Lokenstone to go and collect it. So I'd cycled from Hackney to Oval, then back to Hackney, and then I had to cycle to Leytonstone, but I didn't have like, um, I knew his postcode, so I had to print off, it's proper old school, a Google Maps route. Um, <laughs> to like hold in my hand whilst I was cycling. So I was like riding in the dark with this like Google Maps route, trying to figure out my way to his house in Leytonstone. And when I got to Leytonstone, I got my phone. Like I was, I basically I'd left the guy waiting for like an hour and a half. Um, and I like called him up straight away. I was like, I'm so sorry. And he was just like, fuck off. And I was like, oh, you actually genuinely got like a really good reason. He was just like, I don't care. Don't want to speak oh, to you. Yeah. That's cool. That is. I know. I know. So I felt like I'd really, I, I felt I can completely see it from his point of view. Like he, he thought I'd stood him up. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I genuinely had tried my little heart out. I got some serious distance to, uh, to try and salvage the, um, the date. But yeah. So those are my, my horror dating stories. That second one's harsh. Like he could have, uh, he could have, yeah. like, yeah. I don't, I mean, I wouldn't, I'm actually, I think I probably would have, I, I probably would have heard someone out. If they, yeah, I feel like, yeah, in my head, I was like, if I'd have stood you up, I wouldn't have called you up to speak to you, to tell you that I'd stood you up, but whatever, I've never been stood up before, um, touch wood up, won't ever happen, Freddie, don't ever do it, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but I don't know how I'd react in that situation, to be fair, so. Uh, maybe you might have had a few bad experiences, but as you said, if you're making the effort, you know, yeah. you accept that, like, maybe, I don't know, who knows. Yes, I mean, is there anything else anyone wants to, any any sort of burning things they were hoping to talk about or? Oh, I think you've covered it for this. For this <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have any uh, Curious Cat submissions this week, did we? I do, I do actually have one. Um, yeah, I've got a 
quite a um yeah, quite the story actually. Um so we can we can finish on this. Okay. Uh, so from one of our listeners. Um and it's a bad experience, but he felt mostly sad about it. So we went on this date with this really pretty boy, an Italian from a small town. We had enough to talk about for about five minutes and then the conversation went quiet. Something wasn't quite right. He seemed a bit sad. So I began to ask things like, what hobbies do you have? And he was like, I don't really have many hobbies. Me, um, I'll, I'll be the person that's saying it. The me, what's your family like? Him, oh, the usual story. Me silent for a minute or two. Me, what do you like to do after work then? Him, oh, is skincare a hobby? Emoji plant face to the... <laughs> we then parted ways after a surprisingly passionate kiss. He messaged and asked for a second date, strangely. The kiss intrigued me, so I said yes. Second date uh, was bland again. Learned a bit more about what music he liked and realised he had a bit of a passion for food. We then went for a walk, followed around in an alley slash park for a while, finished and then decided to part ways. He was hot, so tidy. He messaged for a few days later saying he was going home for a few days and had been in contact after that. I never heard anything again, which bothered me. Around two weeks later, I was set up with a friend of a friend who worked in film production and he invited me to an early screening of a film, went along and had an instant friend connection. We got chatting and he was from the same small town as the boy from the two weeks before. No. Him. <laughs> or... <laughs> What's he saying? Him or his mom? Okay, so the guy, this new guy, him or his mom was a teacher at his school. I told him about the experience and how it was so odd. He then snapped around and looked at me and then said, when was this? I told him two weeks ago. Him, what the fuck? His mom passed three weeks ago. My parents went to the funeral two weeks ago. The poor guy that he was dating that week, his mom passed away. Oh. So he's just like summarizing it for us, saying he must have been so lonely and was trying to grab onto something. Explained a lot, but it also just made me feel quite guilty, but I didn't know. I thought about messaging as a friend, but how do you tell someone you barely know that you discovered their mom has passed and that you're there if they need, and that if they need when they clearly didn't want to share it with you? I never heard from him or saw him again. Oh, wow. I know, really somber story, and it was like that really got to me. So I thought I'd share that one. Thank you to that person. Yeah, you can share and do this. Well, I don't know what to say to that. To be no. honest, it's difficult. Oh. It's, yeah, like you said, it's like it's a weird experience that he's had, and he's happy to share it. So um, thank you. But it's uh, not many of us are going to go through one of those type of situations. So uh, yeah. yeah, hope that Italian guy is okay. Yeah, exactly. I hope he, I hope he, he's all right. Well, thank you all, Queens. Uh, it's been a lovely chat. Um, let's go and find out if we've been unleashed out of lockdown. Um, let's see. <laughs> um, but yeah, look forward to uh, chatting again next week. Stay alert, Queens. Yeah, stay alert. Let's <laughs> <laughs> jog out there as well. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.